Thomas Malone. She shares with us Deep Space Nine, Lithuania, and East Berlin. Why did your grandfather send you a, a, a Lithuanian flag? Oh, so my grandmother was uh, half Russian and half Lithuanian, and it's, you know, uh, at a time when her her no, her grandfather came here to avoid. This would have been my great great grandfather, who I never met, but I knew a lot of the uh, Lithuanian side of the family. She could actually speak Lithuanian, which is you know there's only three million people there, but so they were fleeing. Uh, her her grandfather fled Lithuania to avoid being uh, pressed into service for the. This would have been around World War One, the 1910s, uh, right before Stalin, and. They fled the country, really, you know, back in the days when you could just show up at Ellis Island, put your name down, and go right in. And from then on, it was kind of like the, you know, new world, old world. People don't really say that that much anymore. But when my grandfather was uh, a practicing lawyer, he had a friend of his who was constantly doing business in Germany back when it was East-West Germany. And you find a lot of the uh, Soviet guards there were would defect. They'd climb over the wall into, you know, the American-controlled part of Germany. And the first thing they would do would be they'd sell their uniforms and all these sort of Soviet-era trinkets for basically pennies on the dollar. And I forget exactly why. It was just kind of an inside joke between my grandfather and his friend. His friend would always return with all of this sort of uh, Soviet-era propaganda and he'd give it to my grandfather, and he had a bunch of it. And one day, I, you know, I had grandparents like to always, you know, you go visit them and you leave yeah. with an armful of their old stuff. But <laughs> I have uh, two of the, his old flags and I have an old officer's hat that I think his oh. friend bought for like a dollar. It's stuff like you'd go into <laughs> Urban Outfitters these days and, you know, somebody would be, they'd make like a knockoff of that and it'd be like a hundred dollars. But yeah, but this is real. This is somebody wore in uh, East Germany, and uh, that would be that's a, that's there's a story behind that. It's too bad you couldn't uh, figure out whose hat it was and what their history was. Yeah, they would just like sell it for you know a couple days worth of food, and uh, they'd be on their way because you know they didn't really want to be caught wearing it. Deep Space Nine has always been the one that I sort of just can go on and on and on about. It's by far my favorite. That's a really different show, Deep Space Nine. I mean, that's a political savvy uh, show, and I, I suppose one who has relatives in uh, Lithuania, you could you could you could understand. Uh, yeah. You grew up in a your environment was more uh, politically charged, if you will, rather than a, a mainstream. You know, right. the born major in America for th sorry, that with the major occupation, you could say yeah. the Cardassians are kind of right, right, super imperialistic, but. It's it just, I, I, I liked, it, I think that I always connect, well, a lot of people connect to Deep Space Nine and Discovery, just the fact that it has this sort of longer running plot line. But, I mean, the next generation at Voyager had a couple, Star Trek, I, I don't understand why, after all these years, they haven't figured out that going with ensemble storytelling is the way to go. Because 
when whenever I see these people complain about, oh, Discovery is bad because of this and it's not true Trek. I, I hear that term a lot. You know, it's not true, real Star Trek. And then I say, OK, what do you want? Like an episode where they're just talking about the ethics of the prime directive? Like, is that real? Is that's real Trek? Do you want that? I don't think anybody wants that anymore. You know, Voyager did that on at least four or five different episodes. And I like that the prime directive is this thing that everybody cares about. But good God, rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> so what's it to define for us? What's ensemble? Uh, sorry. OK, you, you... this is where the first run syndication stuff also kind of comes back into play. Uh, when you produce a show, you get obviously your money from the first run airing. You got your advertiser or whatnot. But the real money is it can air in reruns forever. And the next generation has aired in the, the original series still airs in reruns. But when you have an uh, like an ep, you have a um, long term plot line versus episode, the main conflict will not necessarily be resolved at the end. Whereas an episodic storyline is like Law and Order is the best example of an episodic hmm. show. You have your plot at the beginning. And then it's all wrapped up at the end. And the next generation in Voyager and for the first two seasons of Enterprise and most of the original series followed that model of you don't need to know. You, you don't need to have seen any episode prior in that season to watch the episode and figure out what's going on. And for the most part, m most of Star Trek follows that. Deep Space Nine likes to, you know, with the Dominion War and all the Bajor stuff. You really can't just kind of jump in wherever you want. I mean, you could, but you're not going to get it as much versus there's very few next generation episodes. Like even the ones where Q pops up, you don't need to you don't need to have seen every Q appearance to right. enjoy a Q episode. Right. So, I mean, the next generation just and, and, and it was done that way. It was really written for the syndication model. I don't know how Deep Space Nine got to do what it did, because that was also a syndicated show. They just like let it. Rick, Rick Berman and uh, Brandon Braga, the two of the producers who were largely in charge of the creative from, well, Berman especially from Gene Roddenberry's death on, was just all about the bottom line. Episodic shows mm -hmm. were, were worth way more serialized show. But now with CBS All Access, you don't just want, because nobody's going to sit there and watch the episodes out of order. They're all there, linear. So it's different now. So yeah, you're, you're putting your finger on an important point is that I, I, any of these, even deep space nine, one can go back and watch them in the order that you care to and spend as much time watching TV as you would like to, and not be, you know, held to the schedule of the network TV and, yeah. and the vagaries of whether they're going to renew the show. I mean, until people had TiVo boxes or DVRs, you, you your only option if you wanted to watch a show after it aired and you didn't have like a v VHS to a VCR to record it, you, you know, you really had to get lucky with where with if you're going to watch like a rerun every day, you had to really get lucky about where you started because, you know, you the early days of the Internet were your only sort of way of figuring out what was going on. So there was definitely a big push away from once people started to gain the access and have the ability to just start at the beginning and I said, okay, now we can actually, you know, we don't have to hold the viewer's hand the entire time. We can actually loosen up a little bit. And I guess then, you know, the next generation did have a couple where they wore son. Alex was a big re recurring character, Gowron, a lot of the others, but oh. I mean, for the most part, it was, 
you sit down, you get your adventure, you know the characters, you don't need to know that much about them. And we, I mean, we don't know that much about a lot of the Next Generation characters, way less than we would about, like, Rom from Deep Space Nine, who's not even a main character, but is somebody who's just in, like, a third of the episodes, and he gets, they care so much about him that he he gets married and he gets a, you know, happy ending, and they went through and pretty much every recurring character got some kind of resolution, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's so much more rewarding to go back and spend time with those characters than... I'll always have a special place for the original series because it's just so fun to watch. William Shatner can, you know, just throw him into any scenario and he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, well, I, I think most of that is due to, yes, the acting was reasonably good and uh, the writing, I think, was really excellent. Like, they had some serious uh, science fiction writers who were writing those scripts. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts or you'll be out there jogging or you'll be doing whatever you want to do and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming you can find instructions on lancerkind.com Ian shares copious knowledge in Chapter 2 of Exploring Star Trek Voyager, an academic book about the series from McFarland Press. Tap on the link in the show notes to jump right there to Amazon. Next episode, Ian Thomas tells us about growing up with Star Trek. I remember when I was little, I was I used to read a lot of the extended universe books for Star Trek and Star Wars and... I actually really credit that with laying down the framework for my career as an author because the accessibility of a lot of those books of knowing who the characters were kind of allowed me, you know, how with kids, there's like, you know, fifth grade reading level, fourth grade reading level, all of that kind of stuff. And the books are kind of dumbed down. But with a lot of those books, I was able to say, oh, I know who Spock is. I know who Kirk is. I'll just read this adult book. And it's not like, you know, adult books are... The 18th century Russian literature, all of them. So I was able to engage with that stuff at an earlier age, and it probably gave my vocabulary a boost. 